Jeffrey Dahmer was a serial killer. He murdered, cannibalized, and stored body parts of 17 young men. And he was eventually arrested and put in prison. And he was beaten to death with a broom. Now, allegedly, before his death, he experienced a religious conversion. He was even baptized in the prison whirlpool and given religious material by the Church of Christ minister that he read faithfully. The minister said that he was one of the most faithful inmates. So now I simply ask you a question. Where is he now? Where is he now? And you and I rightly are shocked and horrified by such hideousness. Yet it's important to realize that the most famous evangelist in church history was just as bad, perhaps worse, than Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm talking about, of course, St. Paul the Apostle. He was a terrorist, just as bad as ISIS. He hunted down and killed Christians. This was a hobby. St. Paul the Apostle, the greatest evangelist in human history. And then, of course, something happened, right? He saw the light. Our Lord broke through on the way to Damascus. One author commenting on this moment says, however it happened, the one thing we can be absolutely sure of was that as a result of this experience, Paul knew with the inescapable conviction of direct experience that the Jesus who had been executed by Pontius Pilate was now alive. The resurrection of Jesus that Paul had contemptuously dismissed as a fraud proved to be a fact as undeniable as the nose on his face. This recognition is all that is necessary to Paul's conversion because it has completely transformed his value system. So I ask you, is the resurrection, the fact that Jesus is alive, right, an actual fact to you as real as the nose on your face? Or is it just this idea expressed in a creed every, every Sunday? Is it just that real? Just like the nose on your face. Do you know he's the risen? Do you know he's alive? Is that an inescapable conviction? Because if it is, it would change your value system, wouldn't it? And so the first key, according to St. Paul, is to allow ourselves, in his own words, to be, to be apprehended, arrested, accosted by Jesus Christ. That's the first move. Here's one tragedy, is that many Catholics have a relationship with Jesus, the policeman, don't they? Right? I do good, I belly laugh, so I don't get a ticket. <laughs> Instead of having a vital relationship with a living person, you have a relationship with an invisible policeman. That's a tragedy, isn't it? So the first key is allowing ourselves to be apprehended by our Lord. And here's the second key is to allow him to get into our boat. Let me give you some stats. There are 58.3 Catholics in America. 23 uh, million. 58.3 million. 23 million go to church every Sunday. What's that, 30, 35%? Three, three million are very active in their church. There's some stats for you, aren't it? But let's be honest, there's hardly any difference amongst the groups, spiritually speaking. Because most of us still keep Jesus on the shore. Right? We don't invite him into our boat. Right? Most Catholics have a debilitating right, 
addiction or sin that paralyzes them, that gives them guilt and shame and self-loathing and self-hate. And so they're crippling around. And so allegedly, you're, you're very spiritual. You still got Jesus on the shore, don't you? Don't lie to yourself. Now, why do you do this, Christian? Number one, you don't go to confession because you don't have humility or honesty. Also, you're afraid to tell other people what's going on because you're afraid of how they react. I love how Christians are so anti-Halloween. Church is the biggest Halloween party ever. Right, people come to church, they have this mask, they have this front, right? They pretend like they got it all together when you know you don't, right? You know you don't. Let's be honest, okay? God loves Alcoholics Anonymous meetings more than almost all the churches in the world. Because at least there, there's some honesty. I'm a sinner. At least there, there's some need. I need God. He didn't want to go to a costume party. Right? He doesn't want to stay on the shore. Have y'all been to a concert before? Right? There's like this guy on the platform, and then he wants to like jump into the, the crowd and surf. Y'all seen that? That's what Jesus does every Sunday, doesn't he? He's like, okay, I want to get into their lives. <gasps> and then y'all move, and he falls flat in his face. All right? You still got Jesus on the shore. Because what's happening is this, is that perhaps inside you have that sense of rejection and abandonment and fear. And so you have some immoral behavior going on in your life. That's the motive, friend. That's what it is. And so what you have to do is, first of all, say, Jesus, come into my boat. And you know what Jesus says? As the Father loves me, so I love you. Remain in my love. And so you must invite the love of Christ to penetrate the deepest, darkest crevices of your heart. Because he's like a vacuum cleaner. Jesus is the vacuum cleaner. You got that? And when he comes in, he sucks up that. If you allow him to, he will suck that up. And he will fill you with his love. And you won't have a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. But you know why you're afraid of this? Well, think for a moment about who we worship. I had a famous um, professor, Bevel Bramwell. Jesus didn't die in a bubble bath. He was crucified. And so if you're going to have new life, transformation, be someone new, it's going to take crucifixion. You're just going to have to be quiet, and you're going to have to cry and experience pain, and you're going to have to allow our Lord to love you. And that's it. And when you do that, he speaks in the silence of the heart. And as the song says, liberates you from all the lesser loves that fill your life. And so you got to have at least the humility and the courage to say, stop being on the shore. Rather, come into my boat, right? Get close. Speak to my heart about your love. That's the moment when real change can happen, isn't it? So has our Lord apprehended you? Are you really inviting him into your boat? Or is he still a long way off in the shore? Are you one of those lost 3 million, 23 million, 58 million, or whatever it is, with no real difference amongst all of them? 
And then only if you've done that are you ready for the final piece. Notice what Jesus says to Peter. What does he say? From now on, you'll be fishers of men. In Greek, it says, you will be a netter of people. The image is of like this live fish. And like you catch that live fish and bring it onto the boat. In Greek, that's what it's saying. I love that. And so you're called to be a netter of people. In other words, you're called to ministry. And how do you do that? Any number of ways. You're called to net people in your own home, aren't you? To bring them closer to Christ. You can even do this in the parish by teaching, by getting involved in one of our awesome ministries here. That's your vocation, your mission. But let me make a key warning here, okay? This is crucial. Where's Alvin? Anyway, yesterday Alvin rehearsed a song before Mass. It was called Go Make a Difference. (laughs) And then he was like, okay, this is how we're going to play the song. And then during Mass, I preached against the song. And so God bless Alvin. In the middle of the Mass, he had to change the song to Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, right? And why do I hate that song? All right? You go ahead and try to make a difference in the world. You ready for that? All right? In other words, use other people to meet your need for significance. Go ahead and do that. You see what I'm saying? All right? I need to be needed. I need significance. So let me use you so I can make a difference. Got that? That's off base, friends. That's not, that's not Christian service. Right, when you're going to serve others, you better be focused on serving Jesus Christ and loving that person and serving that person. Right? And unless Jesus is in your boat and he's speaking to your heart, you're going to live that way. And it's going to lead you to spiritual exhaustion. You got that? Do not worry about the results. Don't worry about making a difference, or the change you make. Leave that up to God. Leave that up to God. You see that? Just leave that up to God. You focus on being faithful, on doing what our Lord calls you to do, and then somehow you make a difference. You got that? Well, here's what I've said today. First key is to allow our Lord to apprehend you. great place to do that is the Adoration Chapel. The second thing is to invite him into your boat. Unless you want to be just another victim of the mass Catholics with no real difference in your life, and then, only then, are you prepared to net others, to serve others, to love Christ, to bring them closer to him. And each of these steps is important. Got it? You know what Wednesday is? It's a good place to start, isn't it? Amen.